0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Friday, July 24th. The year is 2020. I am your host, Will Hunter. Matt Sheehan is not here, but he will be here in a second. We've got a little bit of a a different show for you today. Uh, Not something wild that we've never (laughs) done before. Uh, Just a little different subject matter. Uh, Matt uh, sat down with Former MSU golfer Donnie Trosper. Uh, Donnie is, you know, one of was one of the uh, best golfers at MSU. Holds some school records as well. And this summer was able to play in a couple of PGA Tour events, including the uh, Rocket Mortgage Classic at the Detroit Golf Club. And so Matt thought it'd be a good idea just to sit down with him, chat about, you know, what it's like grinding as a professional golfer, trying to get through these mini tours. Uh, graduating, advancing up into higher tours, and then ultimately, you know, what does it feel like to finally make a PGA Tour event uh, and just, you know, you're lining up uh, on the tee box and down the way, Bryson is hitting a 420-yard drive. Like, that's got to be an absolute trip for someone who's just grinding through the golf game. Uh, So we, you know, he he talked with Donnie for about a half an hour, and that's going to be our entire show today. Uh, Look forward to you guys getting to hear that. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcasts. Let's not waste any more time. Uh, Let's get into it. Matt's interview with former MSU golfer and professional golfer Donnie Trosper.
1: All right. We are pumped to welcome former MSU record-holding golfer and player in two PGA events so far this summer, Donnie Trosper. Donnie, how on earth are you doing tonight? Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, feeling pretty good. Just uh, just got done at the course and uh, just hanging out at home now. Love it, man. For sure. So, um, like we actually, we I don't think we've ever done this with a guest, but uh, just because we're such a nice podcast, I'm going to be selfish right off the top and make the first question about myself, if you don't mind. So. I'm like a yeah, 9 or 10-ish handicap or something like that. And last Saturday, I went out and shot a miserable 49 on the front, but a 38 on the back. Should I be happy about that round? Or how, how should I be looking at that round? Because it's been about like four days here, and I still don't know what to think of it.
2: Uh, I mean, it just depends. I mean, if you're uh, – you, you said you're uh, 8 or 9 handicap?
1: Yeah, 9 or 10. But you know what? Yeah, 8. I, I kind of like that. That sounds a lot better. And what did you what did you end up shooting? Uh forty nine thirty eight. So I eighty seven. I'm not much of a math guy, but yeah, eighty seven total.
2: Eighty seven. I mean, that front nine, it seemed like you were kind of just trying to get warmed up a little bit. There we but, go. Uh, seems like on the back nine, you uh, you got it together a little bit and, and came back strong. So
1: that's a good spin I don't zone. Think
2: you should, I don't think you should be too disappointed. You you came back stronger, and it seemed like you warmed up there. So I mean. You said you're a nine or a ten handicap. I mean, probably just had a rough start, and uh, maybe you just need to stretch or something uh, before the round, or uh, hit a few balls and get in that right mindset.
1: Love that. All right. Well, I'm walking through the next week because my chin held up high. Then that's awesome. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll focus the rest of this conversation to you now. But just to humble us and all of our listeners, when's the last time you've even shot higher than fifty on a, on like a nine hole round? Was any time recent, or do you have to scale all the way back a few years?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember the last time I shot about 50. On, that must uh, be nice. On, just, <laughs> yeah, and most so, of the time I don't, really, no, uh, I don't really keep track of the nine holes. I just try to make sure every shot, every like each shot through the round is good. And at the end uh, is, uh, yeah, just basically the 18 hole score. I don't really keep track
1: of the nines too much, but um, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> well, that was probably that's a good thing just, then. And, okay, so before we even get to the MSU talk, we just got to throw out this fun fact for all the listeners that don't know. So in 2014, you won four American Junior Golf Association's events in one season. Four in one season is the second most of all time, and that's tied with guys named Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. How often do you throw that fun fact out to like random people or like if you're on a date or something like that? How often are you whipping that fun fact out? Because I would never go anywhere without anyone knowing that, that I did that. <laughs>
2: You know, actually, I don't. Uh, I don't really come out and tell that to people. Only in, oh, if they true. uh, just only if they piss me off. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Nice. Uh, well, I have a story. There was this kid. Um, we were playing in a Monday qualifier. Actually, it was this year. Okay. And uh, and he, I, he has an agent, and I was like, you should hook me up with your agent. He's like, well, you, you're not that good, and, I, and it pissed me off, and I was like, I was like, you know, I got a tight uh, record with Tiger with Phil Mickelson, and uh. <laughs> He uh he looked it up and then after that he uh completely was like oh I'm so sorry man <laughs> like didn't mean to didn't mean to offend you but that was pretty much the only time I, I bring it up is if, like, someone says I'm a crappy golfer or something.
1: <laughs> I, that's like the ultimate trump card. Yeah, that's <laughs> sensational, man. That's awesome. So so let's get started with this college talk here. So you went to uh, University of Central Florida for your first three years. And then after that, you transferred to, obviously, MSU for your senior year. So why, why the transfer after back-to-back all-conference years uh, as a Golden Knight?
2: Uh, you know, I just felt like a lot of the guys were leaving – UCF and, um, the coach, me and the coach weren't getting along too well after three gotcha. years. I, I felt like he, he wanted to do something in my swing that I didn't want to do. And he, he was kind of, I, I had a lot more pressure on me cause I had to be, uh, there was a lot of freshmen coming in and okay. he just put me, to, um, I had a, a pretty good, a really good scholarship there. And I, I just felt like it just, things were not just working out. And, uh, I need kind of like a fresh start. It it was just time for my game was improving very, very slowly. And for some reason, something in me told me that I I need to get out of this place and, uh, explore somewhere new, either turn pro or, uh, come back to Michigan. And, um, the original thought was I was going to turn pro, but then I, uh, talked to Casey and I've always been a Spartan fan. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I, he, uh, gave me a visit i loved it there and uh fell in love with the with the with everything the environment and um yeah it was super exciting i always cherish that uh that year i had at uh, michigan state it was awesome
1: and so like what is the biggest difference between golfing down at ucf versus golfing at michigan state is it just like really as simple as you can golf year-round or is there something different to it too whether it be like level of competition or, or anything else that i can't even think of
2: you know, the only benefit was um, really that, yeah, you could play in the winter. But in um, the winter months, I mean, we get three three months off, and that's the our off season down there. So you can you can play in side tournaments and play year round. But the only downfall is you can kind of burn yourself out a little gotcha. bit. Uh, the uh, the five hour practices and six hour practices every day, and that heat can really get to you. Uh, but yeah. Come at, the biggest difference I would just say is, yeah, just the weather. I mean, I, I got, I think I got better at Michigan state uh, in one year. If I, if I had one more year with Michigan state, it was, man, it, it would have been super awesome. But um, yeah, that one year I, I talked to Casey, the coach, and uh, he helped me out a lot. He helped me out more than one in probably one week than I learned in uh, the whole three years at UCF. So much better coach uh, knows, kind of knows the game much more and sure. really just fit. I really um fit in with the team there if because I, I grew up playing junior golf with all those guys so it was, okay. was kind of like a little we had kind of like a little family uh so that that was that was really cool it was really special at UCF it's um I came in there and I didn't know anybody and it it, it we all had our differences down there everybody came from different places and which was really unique i'll always cherish that mm-hmm. but just coming home to michigan coming home to michigan and just being surrounded by some of good guys and guys i grew up with and yeah and a great coach with an awesome
1: facility i mean i just couldn't i, I couldn't beat that And so you talk about like just if you had one more year, how much you could have done. But even in your just one year at state, like you did accomplish incredible things. Like you were fourth individually at the Big Ten Championships. You helped MSU get third overall as a team, which is their best finish at the Big Ten Championships in 11 years. You set the single season record at MSU for lowest average score at 71.37, which is usually my score after like 13 holes. Uh (laughs) <laughs> so was that how you thought the season would go for you going in? Or did you even surprise yourself? Were you hoping for a little more? Like, how, how do you, when you're looking back, how, how do you judge yourself in that season?
2: To be honest, I learned a lot. Um, just, at, I said I didn't learn too much, but I learned a lot on how to just be more um, specific with my practices. I mean, I, uh, when I got to Michigan State, I'm, I'm a senior. So everything's kind of, those three years, I think, kind of paid off uh, down south. And coming into it, yeah, I didn't expect to hold the single season record. I, I'm I'm pretty sure James Pyatt might might catch up to that. I'm hoping That's he it. does because it's like my brother. But um, yeah, I mean, just uh, I, there was only one tournament that I really wish I could get back, and it was um it was at the Aaron Hills, and I I didn't play my best. And if you mess up in one tournament in college golf, your uh, your scoring average and your ranking can go like it can, it can go way, uh, way down. So I I wish I could just get that one tournament back. But other than that, I mean, um, it was a good year. I mean, I I definitely, if you ask, if you ask Coach Casey, he, I I should have probably won at least three events. And and he knew it got to me coming down the stretch on a few of those, had the lead in a lot of tournaments, and I kind of just let it go. But uh, I got one victory. And we got the team victory as well. So that was cool to just uh, get a win, at least one win.
0: All right, we'll be right back with the next segment of Matt's interview with Donnie. We'll do that here in just a second. But first, a word from rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. We always talk about this. They've got literally everything. They've got we found out they have gas pedals. We were just doing a random search and they have gas pedals. They got batteries, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, carpet, whatever you need for your car. You can find it at rockauto.com. And that's for your minivan, your truck, your work truck, your work van, your daily driver, your sedan, whatever. It is, you can find it rockauto.com. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts doesn't make any sense, so don't do it. Instead, go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. dot com.
1: And so the home course that you guys play at is it Forest Acres West? Am I getting that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. OK, for sure. So, OK, so I heard a rumor once, literally just once, and I never, ever fact checked it because it was such a cool sounding rumor that I kind of didn't want the truth if it ended up being wrong. So I'm going to put you on the spot and even ask if you've ever heard of this rumor ever. OK, so Jack Nicholas, when he was at Ohio State, apparently never broke par at Force Acres West. And that was the only Big Ten course he never broke par at. Have you ever heard of that or or is is this all just made up by me right now? No, that could be totally true. I mean Heck I yeah, let's go. Came, All right. I think that's very I think that's
2: true. I mean I remember James talking about it. I remember a few guys talking about that. So I I I think it's a, it's a it's a, it's a fact.
1: Have you ever broke part there?
2: At, at Forest Acres West? Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yep. So what's what's your low score at Forest Acres West? Uh sixty
2: six.
1: Casual. Nice. That's big time. We always play Forest Acres East before the kickoff of the first game of the year. Where I go with my brother and my dad. And I'm usually at like a 90 at that point because we get the tailgate start a little early there. So nice. 66 on <laughs> West, first, a smooth 90 on East. Okay. That's that's the two people in the conversation right now for our listeners. So <laughs> we got Donnie Trosper on, uh, XMSU MSU golfer, playing two PGA events. And we're just kind of kind of funnel right into that right now. This is a super broad question coming at you. Where are you at in your career right now? Right now, I'm in the process of
2: just getting sponsors and um, figuring out ways to um, afford to travel uh, week in and week out. Uh, I just um, actually, I'm signing tomorrow with um, this fitness trainer uh, in Novi. It's the uh, TriCovery. And I'm really excited about that. I, I think that that's the only piece really missing in my uh, in my game right now. That is the uh, strength part of it, and just enduring those long week, uh, long travel weeks. And mm-hmm. like I'm actually going to um, Iowa this week, so I got to drive to 10 hours there, and it, it can it can put a, a damper
1: on your back and your oh for and, sure. Uh, your, so really excited to start that. So is, is it corn Ferry or is it like mini tours or is it just like individual events or where are you kind of getting into right now when, when you're not? So, um,
2: so, so I'm basically doing Monday qualifiers.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, right now. So every Monday there's a different Monday qualifier for a corn Ferry event or a PGA Tour event. So I'm, I'm traveling doing the Monday uh, qualifying, but I do have my corn Ferry card right now. I'm just waiting for um, starts. Okay. So... So I went all the way to finals and um, I'm in a placement right now. I'm in the, on a
1: list and it rises
2: every week. So it's just I'm just waiting just trying to get my game sharp, uh, ready for that first corn ferry start.
1: That's awesome. So speaking of Monday qualifiers, you got into the Rocket Mortgage Classic with a Monday qualifier and uh, you're playing partner for both days. Was Cam Champ, and you know it wasn't like necessarily a wow star-studded field, but that's definitely one of the bigger names as far as PGA goes. Like, did you guys ever talk during a round, or like what 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 is the dynamic light with you and your opponent when you're out there?
2: Um, yeah, it, it I mean it's just like another golf chart. We're all competitors, but um, yeah, when you're playing with the best like Cameron Champ out there and like Patrick Reed and all those guys, uh, you can definitely learn a lot. I learned a lot. Uh, Walking the fairways with them, and how they just um, how they can handle how they uh, how their composure is, and they never really get get too excited. They never get too down. They just stay neutral and just keep keep tagging along, just keep uh, hitting good shots. And I think that was the biggest thing I take to, took away from Cameron Champ uh, playing with him. He was uh, he's kind of like an old. I, I felt like he was kind of like an older brother because he, he's like four three three years older than me okay three or four years old he also has um a lot more experience and i could just he he could just tell he's like yeah like your first uh P- first couple pj tour events is uh it's really difficult but once you get the hang of it he said he's like he uh he's like you're a player so you you just got to adjust to it and um yeah that's I took a lot away from him and I've learned that Patrick Reed is actually not as uh, crappy of a guy that as people think.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh man. That's a, that's a showstopper. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. So you got a chance to like meet him yeah. and a few other guys too. What's up? You got a chance to like meet him, like Patrick Reed and a few other guys too throughout the, the weekend. Yeah. Yep. Heck yeah. And so like, that was also the term of that Bryson DeChambeau one. And just to circle back to something you said earlier, that strength is one of the things that you're working on. So, when Bryson wins that tournament and his driving averages roughly like 890 yards, was that the moment where you realized like okay maybe my strength needs to get up or was it even like before that kind of before this whole space race in in golf is happening?
2: I mean, I've no I've known this since uh probably like February that I I really need to start getting into like to better shape and okay. get to that level to where my endurance is up. But <laughs> yeah.
0: Um
2: watching Cameron Champ just bomb it past me he's like the second longest hitter I think Bryson's the first but um yeah it really inspired me to really just I, I gotta get uh I gotta get much stronger and I, I'm setting a goal around like I mean I I would say a year and a half of of good training would would get me to a point where I want to be but I'm trying to set a goal for uh for like three years of of really I think in three years of, um my game will be where I want it want it
1: to be for sure. And so speaking of getting a game to where you want it to be at the rocket mortgage classic, it didn't go the way you probably hoped, uh, it missed the cut, but you turn around Monday, three days later and just throw up a casual 62 on Monday and <laughs> another Monday qualifier to qualify for the workday charity open. Like, okay, first of all, like, Holy crap. Um, but I also was reading kind of up on that. And now for the fun detail, did you oversleep your alarm that day too? Yeah, I did. I, Uh, About 20 minutes. It was actually really
2: scary because the alarm went off and me and my caddy are in the hotel and we both, we both, uh, well, I had my alarm and and I shut it off for some reason. And I thought it would give me like a snooze, like in like 20 minutes to wake me up. But for some reason it didn't even go off. I just, I woke up 20 minutes later and I was like, Brian, I was like, we got to (laughs) go. And uh, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty intense because I, because I woke up like the second time and i was freaking out like i might miss i might have missed my tea time but uh luckily it was only 20 minutes so we stopped and grabbed mcdonald's real quick and uh had headed to the course with only i think we had 40 40 minutes to to warm up which was
1: actually good (laughs) I love the McDonald's though. that that's, that's my go-to usually uh, on the way to around. Now, usually I'm, I'm shooting uh, high eighties. So th- I think that's the only difference between us two It's just the, the 68 or <laughs> 62 versus 88 there. But Monday uh, McDonald's on a Monday is a strong call there. Yeah, that was a, that was a risky, uh risky call, but I,
2: I needed to eat something. And I, so I just got the eggs and, and uh, didn't really eat the pancakes. I got a hot, big breakfast, but I, I got okay. extra, uh, extra eggs. So high protein still, but, um. Yeah, I was lucky enough to have at least forty-five, forty minutes to prepare uh, for the round to stretch out and
0: and get ready. It ended totally. up being uh, perfect, time, perfect timing. So all right, we'll be right back with the third and final segment of Matt's interview with Danny Trosper in just a hot second.
1: And uh, so now, does the McDonald's breakfast after a sixty-two? Does that get worked into your routine now every Monday? Like, is that part of the superstition now, or or, or is that a one-off thing?
2: No, I mean, hey, might—I might have started something. Maybe, maybe the uh, big breakfast with uh, hotcakes and extra eggs. thats that's my Monday special. But um, yeah, usually I don't eat McDonald's
1: before uh, before around. Well, we can get that changed. I know you were talking about sponsors earlier, so uh, we'll we'll connect uh, you with some people here. We'll, we'll get our Twitter uh, mafia on this, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll try to get uh, Ronald McDonald to to get on your polo <laughs> or something or, or on your bag. The, the golden arches on the bag would be a nice look, I think. That's, that's going to be nice. And Yeah, that so would be nice. <laughs> and when you're pulling up to a Monday qualifier, let's say you do get the full night of sleep, you wake up for your alarm on time. Like all, all that aside, what makes you feel more nervous or jittery or anxious, whatever word you want to use? Is it the first tee box of a PGA Tour event or is it the first tee box of just a one-day qualifier?
2: Oh, for sure the uh, PGA Tour event, okay. but that's what sort of the – nervous. But uh, the Monday, kind I kind of I, I just, I'm like, all right, I'm fresh. It's Monday. Uh, I got a good rest in Sunday. And, you know, if, if, I, just, if I just stay in the present moment and uh, just play each shot at a time, get a good strategy. The courses are usually not as tough. So I usually have wedges and uh, I just made sure to hit the fairways and greens and stay in the present moment and never get too far ahead of myself.
1: And so the next two questions are kind of just like the difference between like PGA level golf and high amateur golf, or just like even you, your weekend warrior golf or whatever. So the, the first question is like, what separates a PGA course layout from your everyday course layout the most? Is it like the length? That's the biggest difference of pin placements, something completely else that we don't even realize. Like what, what is the biggest difference there?
2: Biggest difference I think was the strategy that the courses they play that requires strategy. You can't just, uh, Go out there and just bomb drivers, unless you're like Bryson, where you can carry all the bunkers. Right. They typically, put it to where to where it's a player's course. Like, like I played at Muirfield, and you really have to strategize. You have to take the right. You have to get it in the fairway, and then and then from there, you have to hit a good approach shot into a like a, a, a pin that challenges you. If you hit it left, you're it's an automatic bogey. So you gotta you gotta really have your good placements and. Um, you really have to stay focused out there. That's the key thing. You really got to stay um, – you can't really get too far ahead of yourself. You just got to stay in the present moment and, and just focus up on each shot because uh, you hit one bad shot out there, you're in six-inch six rough, and you're late, you have to just chip it out. You can't really do anything. And so oh,
1: sorry, go ahead. My bad. No, no go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was, I was going to say, so, like, what, what also separates the guys that, you know, could be, like, a high-level amateur or a mini-tour player or a qualifier guy or Corn Fairy guys? Because everything I just named loaded with talent. But what separates all them from just, like, your regular PGA Pro? Um,
2: what separates- is, is, is it that focus uh, you're talking about? Uh, it, no, yeah. I, I would say the what separates PGA Tour players from your amateur is, yeah, the, it's just they... It's uh, they ju- they just yeah it's it's more co- it's more intense it's more concentration you can just feel it and um, those guys are all competitors I mean every one of those guys on the PGA tour they want to win and the the regular amateur like the top amateur golfers they 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 uh they kind of can get to that aggressive playing and it, it it works in amateur golf because the courses are are easier. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the pros, you have to really tone it back, and you have to you have to realize that all right it's it's a strategy game, and it you really have to have everything going on uh you have to have every aspect kind of in the green light instead of just the aggressive play you can't just keep playing aggressive because it'll bite you you you'll make triples and i mean you saw bryson at Muirfield he he made a ten on one hole oh yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah that, that shows you. He tried to over overpower that course, and and it bit him, and bit him in the butt. And that's that's what happens out there. It's, you really have to just tone it back and just hit fairways and green. You get to play boring golf, but yeah, you, it's smart, it's smart golf. So,
1: so when you're not out there qualifying on Mondays, or playing PGA events, or working at your game at a high level, like, do you ever just scale back and just be like the rest of us and just play, you know, just with your friends over the weekend or anything like that, or is it oh, pretty yeah, much now just a grind? Okay.
2: Yeah, of course. Like today, I played with a buddy. We just played nine holes. I I got out there, nice. um, played played nine holes with them, and kind of just we're talking about some things. And um, yeah, I mean, for sure, I definitely go out there and just hang out
1: with the buddies and 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 just play play uh, play a game. So, like, when you're out there, do, do some people like expect you to hole out from like 150 yards, basically, at every shot, knowing that how high level of golfer you are? Like, what? what's that like just like golf with like the like normal lay people like like me out there uh yeah i mean
2: yeah they they do like that's that's the thing that's what puts more pressure on me sometimes right because my buddies <laughs> up that i just hole out like everywhere but really realistically that that, that doesn't happen you the the pj tour sets it up really well to where you if you hit the right shot you can you can you can uh get the crowd going and that's the key thing really is having those fans. I feel like there's because that, that extra like energy and it, it's just good energy to where you can just hit the right shot and um, get the lucky breaks. While when you're just playing with your buddies, sometimes you can kind of get out of that and you're like, all right, they're, they're already expecting me to hold this out. Uh, and then you just kind of just hit a regular shot. But uh, like what gives,
1: I mean, yeah. Like what, I thought you were good.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's uh, yeah. I mean, I do. I mean, I do hit some some of my best shots ever with my with my buddies out there. But um, I put on a show. Yeah, like I I usually play my best when it's super uh, super exciting and and uh, just just like a awesome uh, atmosphere. That, that's when I usually play my best. And at Meirfield, it was uh, there was no fans, and it just felt like an intense. Uh, it was very different. It felt like a U.S. amateur to me because just there's nobody out there it's just the cameras and the intensity of of what's online was it was intense so it's it was a little different if if, if you have the fans out there you can kind of hang out and like it can, they can they can help you out a little bit by cheering you on and so it's easy to get down on yourself when there's no fans but when you have fans there uh cheering you on it's it definitely uh you you can pull off some of the, your greatest shots ever.
1: And so th- this is uh, the last question I have before we do a quick little lightning round we'd like to do with our guest uh, at the end here. But uh, so I was reading a golf.com article and they were talking with people with low handicaps like yourself. And the question was, what is the biggest pet peeve of yours on the golf course? Just like during like a normal weekend round. And I think the headliner was just when your partner is a slow player, just slow play, slow play, slow play. <laughs> like is, is that your answer to it or something that even sticks out more to you as a pet peeve?
2: No, that's for sure my pet peeve. Yeah, the slow plays. It's it, it, and I didn't really. It, yeah, it, it's the slow play for sure. Yeah, so play, if you're slow, it's fine. But when you're really, really slow, and then and, and you're you're constantly having to look over and like wait for the guy, that that that's definitely the pet peeve.
1: I want to call the cops whenever I see someone line up a one and a half foot putt, look over it, reline it up, look over it again, and then end up just lipping it out anyway with their three people just standing around that uh, police intervention, I think, is required there. Um, I'm just going to assume that you agree with me on that one. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Okay, good. I just want to make sure you are on the right uh, mindset here. Great. Okay, so what we got is uh, just a lightning round. I'm going to start a fake clock. There's actually – there's really nothing lightning about this. You can just answer as fast okay. as you want. Um, so these are just basic questions. All right, so are you ready for this intense barrage of questions here? Uh, sure. <laughs> Let's get started. Okay, uh, do you have any hole-in-ones? Uh, one. Okay, nice. Heck yeah. Favorite club in your bag? Uh, my putter okay solid a uh, favorite bar at michigan state uh ooh, that's tough uh, i'm gonna say i gotta say i guess lujas lujas nice yeah because harper's these days is kind of tough to uh throw out there so that's solid uh favorite public course in the state of michigan uh I, i'll say uh forest acres i, I like forest acres Nice. Do it for the brand. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, favorite, okay, this might a little more of a general question. Favorite golf moment while at MSU? Uh,
2: yeah, for sure when I won, when the whole team won at Colleton River in South Carolina or North Carolina. I, don't know, I can't even remember which. It was one of them. One of the quick Carolinas. But um, that, the last hole when I, uh, I, I had a two-shot lead and there's water on the left and I had to stripe a drive down there and if I if I don't hit if I hit it in the water I most likely make double or make a bogey because it's a tough hole off the tee so just getting that shot down there and uh tapping in for the win and just having the team just come up to me and celebrate and and the fact that we had our the team uh the Spartans yeah um like it was our home event so we had the camera
1: there and it was it was just really special I always remember that moment that's big time. And uh, last but not least, one course on your bucket list that you haven't played yet that you'd want to play at? Uh, Augusta National. That's yeah. That seems to be the correct answer. <laughs> All these are opinion <laughs> questions except the very last one. That's that's. There's only one correct answer for that one. So, uh, so well, Donnie, I re- I really can't thank you enough for uh, just taking time out of your night and talking with me about golf, MSU, everything like that. So yeah, th- would definitely, definitely, hundred percent. Best of luck to you and the rest of your career, whether it be Monday qualifiers, corn Ferry, or one day, the PGA man. All right.
0: Well, thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Thanks to Donnie for making uh, some time for us. Really interesting stuff there. I hope you guys found some, I'm sure you found some stuff interesting, just like what it's like to (laughs) grind like that in the golf game. We always see, Tiger or Phil or, you know, Roy McIlroy, the big names. uh, And we don't, I think, appreciate enough just how hard it is to get to that level and how incredible of a golfer you can be. And just like, you're still just barely sniffing that opportunity. So good look into what that world is like, courtesy of Donnie. We'll be back next week. More uh, episodes coming your way. I think we're going to have some, uh, you know, we might already have some information here. It's been teased out a little bit. Uh, the NCAA may be pushing back the start of fall sports uh, kind of nationwide here. I'm not sure yet, but that's kind of what the, uh, the hints have been here as I record Thursday night. So we'll be talking about whatever happens from that NCAA announcement, announcement the follow-up from that. We'll see if MSU is back practicing on football Uh, And, yeah, we got some big basketball commitment news coming next week as well. So definitely a good week of shows coming your way. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcasts. All right, have a good weekend, everyone. Go green.